You're with Sean Jung and Where the Veil Grows Thin, an exploration of the sacred moments of our human experience in life and death, joy and sorrow, birth and end of life. It's the unscripted instant when the heart opens, the face-to-face moments with the divine. have a story today. I just have more thoughts and ideas about grief and how it clings to us. More words about finding our way when we experience loss. It has been my experience that when we find our way to seeing grief as a form of gratitude we are well on our way to understanding what Frank Ostaseki means when he says, Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. When explored and accepted as a necessary and vital part of our human condition, grief can then also be explored, expressed, and accepted as a unique and sacred form of gratitude. That sentence boiled down says grief is gratitude. That's a tough concept to swallow when we are initially assaulted by a loss in our lives. In my work with those in the acuity of grief, I am very open that should we choose to work together, My goal will be to help them make friends with their grief. Not with whatever it was that caused the grief, necessarily, but once the assault has occurred, it will forever be a piece of their backstory. It will always be something to carry. So it makes sense to me that finding a way to to befriend the grief and learn to carry it in a way that does not interfere with the ability to experience joy is the right thing to strive for. Ignoring it or trying to get over it, looking for ways to leave it behind, never really seems to work very well because it is part of who we are once it comes. Pain occurs when something treasured goes away. Pain is immediately and acutely present when someone we love dies. Pain occurs when something or someone we have formed an emotional attachment to no longer behaves or exists in the way they did when the attachment was formed. But suffering occurs when we stay attached to that pain. And most of the time, we stay attached by being in resistance to it. We are often completely unaware of the connection that pushing something away actually keeps it more present. There are many spiritual and religious practices that teach non-attachment. In my own life, and in my work life especially, I often talk of not being attached to the outcome, but I have never totally bought into the idea of absolute non-attachment. I rather enjoy the feeling of emotional attachment, 
I like the way it feels to have things and people in my life that I treasure. And I like the way it feels to be treasured. And I know, because I treasure something or someone, that when they are no more, I will experience pain. The pain of grief is sometimes felt deeply and sometimes felt less deeply. An easy way to put it is to say, the depth of the grief will be equal to the depth of the love for the thing that has gone away. So when a child, a parent, a partner, or a beloved pet dies, we might experience profound and almost frightening grief. The enormity of it can feel like too much. The initial response can often feel like numbness, because if we were to truly feel the full impact of the loss all at once, it might take us out. So we shut down, we curl up, and we sleep. Mourning our grief, giving in to the emotions surrounding whatever has happened, is something that requires us to lean into the razor's edge of pain we know awaits us. And it is something we can learn to acquire a comfort level with as we continue to live our lives, partly due to the fact that life will always bring us opportunities to practice. The connection between losing something we love and experiencing pain can make some people harden their hearts. It can make some people not want to give in to loving anything because they learn that if that thing goes away, they suffer in ways they think they can't handle. Because most of us are not taught how to mourn losses or even that giving expression to the pain of loss is how we process it, how we move through it, how we assimilate it into who we now are in ways that do not interfere with us being able to live fully and know joy. Our losses become part of our story, part of who we are. If we do not honor our losses— if we do not allow for the emotions to be felt and shared and expressed, then we carry them in destructive and burdensome ways. Grief does not go away. So doesn't it make sense to look at healthy ways the pain can be spoken about, felt, cried over, and befriended? Doesn't it make sense that this topic is one that could be an important piece of how we could make the world better. It clearly makes sense to me, or I wouldn't be making all these podcasts about grief and loss and how we can love ourselves and one another through the losses in our lives, thus creating healthier, happier human beings. Living in a constant state of anything, in my opinion, is unrealistic for most people. There are far too many balls in the air in most of our lives. The juggling act of the various hats we wear and the responsibilities we feel. I sometimes will say, when I am in the midst of a particularly tricky day, the bowling balls are in the air 
and someone or some situation just poured baby oil all over them. But if I were to strive for any continuous state of being, it would be to strive for a constant state of gratitude, a constant state of yes and thank you, would mean a constant state of no resistance. And no resistance means eliminating one of the greatest sources of pain in my life. It isn't an easy thing to achieve. The moment I think I'm close, a bowling ball hits me on the head, and I can almost always identify that as a result of being in resistance to something. Or I was simply just not paying attention. But when I do get the two-by-four up the side of my head, understanding the connection between suffering and resistance has made it much easier for me to set things right much more quickly. No resistance, less suffering. An easy idea to articulate, but a much more difficult one to assimilate as a way of being. The people who have invited me into their grief have helped me come to see and trust that pain and beauty do coexist, that the gems hidden in the losses of life are worth risking love for, that in the end it really does boil down to that one emotion of love. So it's a process. It's a life I'm living my life, and I'm writing down on occasion these little epiphanies I have along the way. One day I, too, will no longer be. I will cross the veil that all of us eventually cross through, and there will be no more of me living this life, the one I know now, the one I am leaning into and sharing with you. But for now... For this brief little bit of time, I'm having a glorious time discovering those thin onion scares, the thin onion skin layers of awareness around living in a place of contentment, a place of welcomed cohesiveness with my heart, not as an organ that pumps and pushes blood, although I am deeply grateful to it for that as well, but my heart as a center of my being human. It only takes knowing that feeling once to know when I fall away from it. And that is all it takes to get me back. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to listen. This is Sean Jung, and I hope you will join me again where the veil grows thin.